You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about The Bachelor, uh, Jesse defending Zach on his decision to send Taswan home. Susie speaks out about Clayton on her Instagram stories. We're going to talk about some memorable Bachelor cameos that have been made throughout the years. The challenge finale starts tonight. We've got some pop culture stories in revo- in, involving Vanilla Ice, and um, you know I love Vanilla Ice. Uh, Dr. Phil is ending his television show, and I've got a game show on television that I absolutely am fixated on, but I've got so many questions, and some of it is driving me nuts, so we will talk about that momentarily. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Trivia Star. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Just go to Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. If you love Jersey Shore, get ready. This season is going to be the biggest family vacation ever. You don't want to miss it. Make sure to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation every Thursday night at 8, 7 central on MTV. And if you love the Real Housewives, you are going to really love the Real Friends of WeHo. Don't miss the Real Friends of WeHo, all part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race this Friday at 9, 8 central on MTV. All right, let's get started. Uh, first off, I wanted to talk about Jesse Palmer. Did an interview with People yesterday in regards to episode number two, talked about how Zach really handled the Tazwan situation about as well as he could. He said, I think other people in Zach's position, they may have played into it a little bit, sort of gone around the room asking different women what their opinion would be if, if in fact, he did decide to bring another woman into the mansion, and Zach sort of made the decision himself. And he said he was asked about Tazwan's motives, and he said, look, I want to be careful. I don't speak for Tazwan, but I think she certainly knew who Zach was leading in. And obviously she had seen some of Gabby and Rachel's season. She was very, very aware. Okay, I I didn't know that that was even a question. I I would assume we knew we (laughs) I would assume we thought Tazwan knew who Zach was like I was there questioning. She didn't even know who he was. Um, I yeah, I mean, clearly she wanted to be on the show and wanted to be on TV and go after Zach, but. You know, Jesse then ended it with Zach sort of gets put in a bit of a difficult situation. I think one thing to look back on all that, you know, to me, it really stood out was just how decisive Zach was in the moment. He didn't let any of the drama sort of fester and manifest itself, especially with the other women, which I guess is one way to look at it. But the thing that I had a question on yesterday and I have a question on again today is what was his reasoning? All he told the women was, I couldn't say yes. Well, why couldn't you have said yes? It wasn't because you were following past leads rejecting women who came on later on in the season. Because that makes more sense. You've already established relationships with these women. This was the first date of the season. There were women that you gave roses to on the first night you didn't even talk to. So clearly, you could have let Tazwan on the show. And he's by all means, allowed to not let her on the show like he chose. It just would have been nice to get an explanation or at least show 
us him telling her why he's choosing to let her go and not join. We didn't get it on Monday night's episode and certainly didn't get an answer from Jesse in that interview. It just would have been nice to know or at least show us, but they didn't. Susie decided to do a uh, Instagram story over the weekend and take questions from people, and she was asked. Obviously, the question she got the most <clears throat> was about Clayton. I was asked this during my Q&A on Saturday, same thing, about do I ever see Susie and Clayton back together? And I said, uh, if it if it did happen, it wouldn't be for a while. Um, it looks like they're going in different directions. And um, in her Instagram story on I can't remember what night it was. Maybe it was Sunday night. Maybe it was Monday night. She was asked, any chance you and Clayton getting back together in the future? And she said, probably the most asked question. I don't think either of us have intentions of getting back together. We have so much love and respect for each other. We went through something really intense together last year. I think we both feel grateful for having the other to go through it with. But now we are building two different lives. We are happier, healthier where we are now than when we were together. Honest answer, you can't really falter for that. And, you know, people that have their favorites and want to see two people get together and get upset when they're not or get upset at one of the people in the couple because they don't feel like they're pulling their weight and why aren't you with her or why aren't you with him? It's like, let these people live their lives. Who are you to say that they should be together? If they wanted to be together or they needed to be together, they would be together. They don't need outside forces. And I've talked about this numerous times when it comes to couples in this franchise, especially the final couples. It is really hard to navigate a relationship, especially when you had to keep it quiet for a certain amount of time. And then when you finally get to go public, you've got so many people that, yes, are fans of you guys, and you feel like you're letting them down if you inevitably break up. And I guarantee there are couples in this franchise, even ones that broke up, who probably could have broken up even sooner than they did. But it's, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to release a statement? Is it going to be a joint one? Is it just going to be Instagram posts? And you get to a point where it's it's not easy. And everybody's, you've got your fans that want you to stay together. And then you've obviously got Toxic Bachelor Nation that wants you to fail. And doesn't like that whoever the lead was chose that person and always thinks, oh, they should have chosen the other person in the final two, you know? So it can't be easy. And, I, you know, the, the leads that I have spoken to in the past, I mean, off the top of my head, what leads have I had on my podcast? Ben Flanick, Deanna Pappas, um, Meredith Phillips. I mean, obviously, much older seasons can't remember anybody recently I had on, but I could be blanking. You need to do over 300 Thursday podcasts and now <laughs> 10 other podcasts a week. I just, I, my mind is mush sometimes, but those are the three that came to mind leads, former leads that I've interviewed, but it's not easy. I know it isn't. And I think that's an honest answer from Susie and I'm, and I'm glad she put it out there and, you know, hopefully people will see it. And maybe stop bugging them or asking them. and Because I know they still get it all the time. And, you know, it's like some people just maybe weren't made for each other. It's it's okay to not fall in love and get married to somebody from this show. I mean, do you realize how slim the odds are of that happening? It's not like you went out and chose the men for your season or Clayton went out and chose the women for his season. 
a casting department did for a television show. And you already know that 10 of them aren't lasting past the first night. And it's just, (laughs) when you really break it down, it is almost absolutely unbelievable that there have been couples that have married out of this show and ended up having kids. It's very few, but it, it is pretty amazing when you think about it. So Us Weekly did an article yesterday in regards to uh, famous Bachelor cameos throughout the seasons because Lotto was on on um, Monday night. And I'm, I'm just looking at some of these, and you know, some of these you forget. I'm scrolling the article here. The Bella Twins, um, Hillary Duff, we know from Clayton's season, Dolly Parton was on Emily's season. Remember, she performed for Emily and Ari Leyendijk. Uh, when they had their one-on-one date, Luke Bryan was performing on Emily's season as well on her one-on-one date with Chris Bukowski, but that was well before Luke Bryan became the Luke Bryan that he is now. Um, the Backstreet Boys during Nick's season, Billy Eichner with that iconic moment during Colton's season when he told him during the date, maybe you're the first gay bachelor and we don't even know, and then obviously that appearance and that clip went viral after uh, Colton came out. Megan Mullally and Nick Offerman were also on Colton season. Margaret Cho, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, Ice Cube and Kevin Hart during Ben Higgins season, uh, Lil John during uh, <laughs> Becca Kufrin season, Layla Ali, Amy Schumer, Boys to Men, Vanessa Williams, Soldier Boy, which might be the greatest performance in the history of this show. Like I said, I'll always say the Soldier Boy group date rap video that they had to do for Dez's season was one of the top three group dates of all time. One name missing from this, however, was the Muppets. How can you talk about all the Bachelor cameos on the season and you can't mention the Muppets, which again was from Emily's season where it was a group date and the Muppets were there. (laughs) Miss Piggy and, uh, Kermit and Statler and Waldorf were in the uh, mezzanine and they were sitting with uh, Chris Harrison interviewed them or something like that. It was just the Muppets. How do you miss the Muppets on this? I just wanted to point that out that no bachelor cameo list over the years is complete without the Muppets. Oh, and yeah, they forgot to put Chris Lane on this too when he uh, sang for... Nick Viles' date with Daniel Lombard. So the challenge is tonight, and I skipped ahead to next week's Wednesday TV guide, or the guide on my TV. Nobody has a TV guide anymore. (laughs) But the guide on my DVR to be like, hey, how many episodes is this finale? And tonight is an hour and a half, like a normal episode, but it certainly isn't the season doesn't end tonight. Next Wednesday it shows the finale continues and next Wednesday is when we're going to get our winner. And look, like I said, I don't know the spoilers for the challenge. I'm sure they're out there. I don't want to know them. However, just like when Bananas won his 7th title, he was very active on Instagram. He was going live on Instagram like right after the show ended every season, every episode. And I'm just like, I just can't see him going out of his way to talk about the show this much if he lost in the end or gets eliminated before the end. 
and he's kind of doing the same thing again this year. He's you know, look, I get that they have to promote the show, but he is promoting it all. I, yesterday, he posted an Instagram feed post that said, "You know, tune in Wednesday to see if I win my eighth dub." Bananas has too much of an ego to tell his audience, tune in to watch me lose. You know, he can't say if he won, but he's like, tune in to watch to see if I win my eighth dub. Would he really do that if he ends up losing in the end? I mean, I guess he could. But knowing him and knowing his ego when it comes to this show, I don't think he would be so gung ho about constantly talking about this season and constantly promoting this season if the guy lost in a final. I just, and he's got the best team. Between the two people, I think him and Nani have the best team. And honestly, I think Olivia and Horacio are second. Devin and Tori are probably third to me, and uh, Tori and Anissa. Again, I don't know what the finale consists of yet, so it's hard to say. But just on the outside, knowing there's going to be a giant endurance challenge at some point in there, I think that really sets um, Jordan and Anissa back. It really does. So we'll see. But yeah, I looked ahead to see like, wait, is it ending tonight? How long are the episodes? Tonight's episode, 90 minutes. Next Wednesday is only an hour. So they're going to wrap up the finale and we're going to get the winner. And then the week after that will be the reunion show. And I don't know if that's lasting one or two episodes. Did you know that Vanilla Ice dated Madonna for over a year back in the 90s? I mean, I guess I kind of knew it back then, but I had kind of forgotten it. And it had been eliminated from my mind. And then he spoke about it. Somebody interviewed him with People Magazine. And, oh, he was on a podcast called Just Jenny with Jenny Hutt. And he said that the whole relationship kind of went very fast and she was brought back to his dressing room one time and she said hello to him and she kind of gave me the sexy eyes and I was like, I must be way, way mistaken on that, but he found that he wasn't. So um, the co-founder of SBK Records set them up and they were together for like a whole year and he basically broke it off once she um, published her erotic coffee book. Remember that book, Sex, in 1992, where it was just a bunch of explicit photos of stars, including him, and he didn't really like it, didn't approve of it beforehand, and it was just like, hey, let's just go our separate ways. We're you know not made for each other. But I totally forgot that they were even a thing. Now, Ice and Madonna, he was early 20s and she was early 30s, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a giant age gap between them. But, man, I don't remember that at all. But... Yeah, he was on a podcast recently and talked about it. And, um, yeah, they had a thing. In um, sad news, Dr. Phil's show is ending after 21 years. I can honestly say I I maybe watched probably five episodes of it in the history of 21 years. And Dr. Phil probably had a lot of great guests. Dr. Phil probably helped a lot of people in his time on that show. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I didn't watch it enough. However, if you tell me what's my number one memory from Dr. Phil, it is hands down, without a doubt, catch me outside, how about that? (laughs) Because that's all I remember him for. 
one of the greatest interviews ever done on television. What's her name? Danielle Danielle Brigola. I always forget her name. I just know her as Cash Me Outside Girl. And when she just <laughs> said that, and he just responded with, Cash You Outside. What does that mean? And she said, Cash Me Outside. And then the mom had to step in and explain to Dr. Phil what the hell her daughter was saying. And then it just became uh, just an iconic line in pop culture history. You can't take that away from her. She said on a talk show, catch me outside. How about that? When she was yelling at one of the audience members who was calling her a spoiled brat, which she was. But she was talking back to an audience member and nobody knew what the hell she was saying. Oh, man. Um, condolences, Dr. Phil, for your show going off the air. I'm sorry. All right, I'm going to end with this. There is a show on television that is a reboot of a show that I watched growing up, even though I wasn't good at it growing up because I was too young, and it's called Name That Tune. When I was growing up in the 80s, I was, you know, five to, you know, 1980 to 1985, I was five to 10 years old. So I'm watching Name That Tune and they're playing songs from the 60s that I clearly don't know the titles of. So now, Name That Tune has been rebooted. Jane Krakowski is the host. Randy Jackson is on the piano. And, man, I've got questions about what's going on with Randy. He does not look well. And, I, and I'm almost positive he is suffering from something, and I don't know what it is. But he doesn't look good at all. Anyway, the show itself... Very similar to the original format, except it's not a band playing music and a bunch of trumpets and trombones. And no, this is just they have a singing group. They have people on the keyboard and synthesizer and Randy's on the piano. So it's the same concept. But these past few episodes have been celebrities coming on to play and they're just playing for money. Like there's no hard stakes at these games at all. It's like every uh, celebrity that's coming on is playing for their charity. Three weeks ago, it was um, Elizabeth Berkley, uh, Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell against, I think, Salt from Salt and Peppa, or maybe it was Peppa. I always forget. I always mix those two up of which one is which. Um, and then two weeks ago, it was uh, Tyrone Woodley from, the, from UFC and Tiki Barber, former NFL player. And then last week, it was, or maybe it was the same episode, but there's two episodes in, in the hour. Um Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski. So I'm watching. I I have it recorded. I never watch it live. It's not something that's, you know, mandated television and must-see TV when it airs. You can watch this, you know, half asleep and still get what's going on. But it's the same concept. You start hearing a song, and you have to name the title. And that's it. (laughs) It's just like, hey, you win $1,000, and it's all going to charity. So like I said, this isn't two people that it's really hard-hitting and, you know, people are getting pissed off or whatever. But a couple things that have happened that I've noticed on this show um, and a couple instances that happened on the show. When Elizabeth Berkeley was on, she made it to the final round where you have 30 seconds and they play seven songs and you just buzz in if you know the title. And I'm I'm thinking of Jesse Spano. I call her Jesse Spano because that's what she'll always be to me. But when she got to the final round, I said to myself, There is no way 
that this show could have Jesse Spano in the finals and one of those seven songs not be I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters because we know what her most famous line from Saved by the Bell is when she was taking caffeine pills to stay up all night. And she said, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. (laughs) Uh, Sorry for anybody who ever got addicted to caffeine pills in high school. I'm not making fun of it. Yes, I am. But I just, I, I think it would have been in good taste with the show, she know she's had fun with that song. Remember when they came back and the and the crew did uh, with Jimmy Fallon, and they literally did a skit, a nine hundred two one zero skit in probably twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, and they all came back for it except Screech. And she relived. She, you know, had no problem saying that line again. Like I don't think it it matters. I just can't believe they had Jesse Spano in the finals and. You know, they played all seven songs. She didn't get all seven right. It's almost impossible on that show to do that. But I can't believe they didn't play it. I was so disappointed. What a missed opportunity by Name That Tune that, ugh. I honestly thought it was going to be the first one, and she was just going to say it, and we'd all have a good laugh. But, nope, never one of the seven songs. The other thing is when you have the um, the head-to-head where they give you a clue, and then someone goes first and says, I can name that tune in whatever. The top the top amount of notes you can name it in is 10. And some people just say, based on the clue, they think they know the word, or they know the song, so they'll just say it and say, I can name it in one note. And really, you're just going off the clue. The note's are really not going to give the song away. But it's just comic. It's comical when they do that. I was watching it last night. And Johnny Weir would say, Tara, I can name that tune in eight notes. And Tara Lipinski would say, Johnny, I can name it in seven. And the crowd's like, ooh. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> she went down, she she said she could do it one note better, and she still needs seven notes to answer this question. What, what do you mean? What's so suspenseful about that? And they do it every single time during that battle round, whatever it's called. And it's just it's it's funny. You got to you got to see it. The crowd is uh, the reaction shots of the crowd when someone doesn't know it, they have their hands covering their face. It's like they're watching a horror movie. And it's like, look, this is all for fun. They're giving their money to charity. This isn't a big deal. This isn't life or death. And these people in the crowd shots are just absolutely over exaggerating when someone misses a song or they're waiting in suspense for them to answer what the song is. Ugh. The other thing about this show that drives me absolutely up a wall is because this is a show now in 2022 and a lot of the songs they're using are very familiar. I mean, if you're any sort of music fan, you've heard pretty much 95% of the songs that these that they play in this in this show. And even me sitting here, I'm like, I know that song. I know that song. I know that song. Every song I know. The problem is I'm not great with titles and they literally are sticklers on the title. You have to get the whole title right. You can't add a word. You can't, if you miss the the in the title, but you say every other word correctly, it's wrong. And that's the thing with me. Like 
I'm sitting at home, like literally singing along the lyrics when they start playing the song. Yet I'm thinking like, I don't know the title of this song. I know the chorus. I know the lyrics, but I don't know what they actually named it. Some I get right away. Some are easy. Um, one of the clues in the in the tune off or whatever it's called, the head to head between Tyrone Woodley and Tiki Barber, was the clue was this song is the top is at the top of every boxer's playlist. Rawr. And I'm like, I know what that is. It's Eye of the Tiger. And they, they literally gave it away in the clue, which if you pay attention to any of those clues, there were a lot that they gave away. But I knew it was Eye of the Tiger. And I think Tiki ended up answering it in um, six. No, Tyrone Woodley did it. He needed six notes to get it. And, you know, that thing you can get in three notes. It's just such an iconic start to a song. But. Yeah, stuff like that. It's like you can get it right away. Song that's at the top of every boxer's playlist. Rawr. So you're like, boxers? Okay, rawr. A tiger makes the rawr sound. So tiger, boxer. Oh, yeah, Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. But, yeah, there. But again, when you get to the final round and it's 30 seconds and you have to get seven songs, they just start playing the song. And I'm like, oh, yes, I know this song, but what's the title? And it's just, yeah. Anyway. The show is very infuriating to me, but I watch it every week religiously at some point after it records. So check it out. It's on Fox. I believe it's Wednesday nights. So set your DVR, record it. Tell me what you think if you haven't watched it yet. I guarantee you'll be like me. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I know all these songs. But then when they ask for the title, you're like, oh, wait, what's the actual the exact wording in the title? And I'm telling you, they are sticklers. You were off by one letter, one word. Nope. Wrong. It's like, man. People are tough. Oh, one of them um, was. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, this one was uh, maybe it was tougher. Um, I'm already blanking on what it was. Anyway, doesn't matter. Check it out. It's on Fox Wednesday nights, I believe. It's called Name That Tune. Jane Krakowski uh, hosts it, and Randy ja- Randy Jackson is the musical person on it. But yeah, it's just a lot of song playing and you know the band will sing the full song and even when they go to commercial they'll play out the whole song it's a lot of fun anyway thank you all for listening really appreciate it please rate subscribe and review an apple podcast it is much appreciated we are back tomorrow you know thursdays are very busy day we're gonna have a daily roundup we're gonna have the sports daily and we're gonna have our regular thursday podcast i believe it's number 325 we're gonna bring kate casey back on she was just on a couple months ago We're going to bring her back on, talk about television shows, talk about The Bachelor a little bit, and talk about the case in Idaho as she's been following it religiously and I'm going to fill people in on that as well. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!